Hey guys, a quick disclaimer before we jump in. This episode was recorded in a studio pre-lockdown with no restrictions in place at this point, as it was back in February half term. Alright, sorry to keep you waiting. Enjoy the show. show is one for all the parents out there. We are reaching the end of March now, which means the Easter holidays are on the horizon and this seemed like the perfect time to talk about creativity for kids and specifically the importance of creativity in education. Today I'm joined by three creative teachers. We have Jenna Withy, who is the head of performing arts at QE2, uh, Vicky Blackburn, head of art at QE2, um, who's also my mum, so if I make any sarcastic comments, uh, don't think I'm just being horrible. Um, and Danielle Bryson, who is the founder and director of Arts Hub, which is an educational centre for the creative arts. That's correct. Uh, so as it has actually been discussed on this podcast before, back on episode one, um, the arts come into our lives much more than than we may realise from the TV shows you watch to the logo of the company you work for, all the way down to um, the design on the hand sanitizer that you used last lockdown. Um, creativity is hugely significant to society and culture. And in order to discuss the value it has in education, I wanted to highlight first how it sort of comes up in education the same way that it does in, in society. Uh, I'm sure when you think back to your high school, your primary school years, you can remember um, in your math lessons or English lessons when you're given projects to do and you've got to draw something or design something or come up with, um, invent something in order to retain that information or from the kids' point of view to just mess around and have a fun and easy lesson. But when you actually look to analyse it, these methods are using creativity as active engagement to learn a subject. So it creeps up everywhere. Um, And it's important that we not only recognise this as a way to teach in education but also recognize the importance of teaching subjects specifically uh, specific to creativity like art drama and music um, to encourage kids to become more independent with their creative thinking and teach them that it doesn't have to just be used as a tool to learn another subject but as a way to express themselves um, and as a stepping stone in their careers although they obviously won't be thinking that at the time and to learn new practical practical skills as well as applicable skills like teamwork, presentation skills and things like that. So to open up to you guys, I wanted to ask first, do creative subjects belong in education at all? You know, it's a traditionally academic environment. um, And so you could argue that it's not the space to sort of have that creative thinking. It's not the right place for that. So Jana, what do you think? Do you think that they actually belong there? I do think they belong there. I think you've picked up on a lot of the points or some of them already. Um, I think we've got a change and shift in culture anyway in education because the students that we teach now, we don't know what the future is that they're going to face and they have to creatively think 
out problem solve everything that they might do whether that's climate change whether that's covid whether that's you know what they're going to face is different from 30 years ago 40 years ago so we do need that creativity in all the subjects Mm -hmm. and real life problem solving yeah absolutely um there's lots of ideas that could come into that danielle what about you because you don't teach in education although you used to Mm -hmm. um but how do you sort of approach your your lessons at art hub so I'd, well, to jump onto what we were just saying about does it really belong in the academic arena, imagine a school without a display, imagine a school assembly without singing, imagine a primary school without any sort of physical sort of creativity. It just would be the most dull environment for any child to learn in. I definitely never learn from a book sitting and reading everything was either sung written drawn yeah. you know acted out <laughs> whether it was drama or music lessons Jenna could testify to that <laughs> having been in many classes with me at school <laughs> so I would te- I would just say imagine a, a school or an environment or life without the arts it just doesn't even bear thinking about so that should be an argument enough in my opinion <laughs> that's so true I mean I was literally just saying yesterday that I learned things so much better by doing than than listening and I prefer to like get up and do something in order in order to learn what it is and when it comes to everyday life sort of skills um so yeah I definitely agree what do you what do you think Vicky? I um well we keep (laughs) we keep talking about school as an academic environment and really school isn't an academic environment it's an environment where we are teaching our young how to be adults and how to survive on their own in the adult world and that sort of survival is not just it is about having an income being able to generate an income look after yourself but it's about a far bigger picture than just that we've got to give them life skills to be able to enjoy life Mm -hmm. but even when we come down some facts and figures that I have prepped for today (laughs) so we Parents often ask when they come round to help their children make their choices whether they're going to do art at uh, GCSE or A-level, is there a job market out there for, for the creative arts? And people just tend to think, and I think maybe they think this about um, drama and music as well, like, are you going to be an artist? People don't make money out of being an artist. You're just going to be a musician. You're just going to be an mm-hmm. actor or actress and... There's very few who will really make a good living out of that. But if you look, the creative industries in 2017 contributed £101.5 billion to the UK economy, greater than the automotive, aerospace, life sciences and oil and gas sectors all combined. I mean, we're teaching something that actually provides one of the biggest economies in, in the UK. In the UK, one in 11 jobs... Um, are in the creative arts industry mm-hmm. and 87% of those, and this is something Jenna raised before about the fact we don't know what, what the future is going to be. We don't know what jobs are going to be out there for our students because the world changes so fast. And one of the things that they're really facing is the increase of AI and the fact that there will be a lot of jobs that will become automated that we're currently doing now. And 87% of creative jobs are at low or no risk of automatum. So shouldn't we, shouldn't we guys be top of the hierarchical educational tree. (laughs) Well, you would think so, but I was actually just reading an article yesterday Mm. where they were saying that in the face of 
COVID that creative subjects are the ones that are getting neglected when it comes to giving money to education from the government and the UK are actually so um, leaving us behind. So With children being educated at home at the moment, we're lucky in the Isle of Man that it hasn't been to the extent of the UK mm. and other places. Yes. Yeah. But really without artistic programmes, podcasts, radio shows, internet accessible resources, how many of them are designed and created by people working within the creative yeah. industries? Mm-hmm. And they're getting young people through a very difficult time at the moment and helping them access not only creative subjects, but subjects that are vital, important subjects, yes. like yeah. maths, English and science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. CBBs, I've got 21 months old at home, who thankfully is not homeschooled, but <laughs> I get to see all the programmes that are coming up and down, you know, every day mm-hmm. as part of the homeschooling provision. And there's so much they gain from those sort mm-hmm. of programmes that are... You know, wouldn't be there without the creative industries, yeah. Yeah. animators, producers, yeah. and musicians. So exactly, it? like it's not just creative in one area. You are so interlinked. You have to think creatively in all of those jobs, and those come fundamentally back to what you did at school and how you were able to access education. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's actually um, links onto the next point that I wanted to raise about the sort of skills that creative subjects can can teach you that aren't just specific to say if you're taking a music class it's it's not just about learning how to play an instrument um but you learn a lot of life skills as well from creative subjects i mean like for example um when i was thinking of this question what word comes to mind in terms of in terms of this and for me it's patience in when i was uh studying art you know you start a project and as soon as i'm given a brief i'm thinking okay so five weeks down the line this is what i'll be doing for my final piece and it really taught me to stop and sort of take my time with the work and really let to see what happens in the same way not to give up too quickly and sort of take my time with something and let it unfold and see what comes of it um but danielle as you were just saying before what what word comes to you when you think i was thinking about this and there were so many words i think the big (laughs) word versatility because it's being versatile in any given situation and there are so many words that link with that i'm sure you'll probably jump Mm -hmm. on with them as well um that being able to throw yourself into any situation how do you handle that how do you problem solve how do you deal with that specific issue with a person how and you know in the world of work they're the sort of things that we're faced with day in day out Mm -hmm. aren't they so versatility i think is a big big skill that you come out with absolutely and i think i sometimes say to parents teaching drama and music because i've taught both um when you do have that group work part of it there's not many subjects actually that have group work or where Mm. you're assessed as a group but actually in a lot of life like jobs out there you are assessed as a group and as a team and you it's kind of like being on the apprentice sometimes i don't know if danny would agree (laughs) because you actually see well the natural leader will come out the one who's a bit lazy might come out the one who has got all these ideas but doesn't know how to start the one who's like almost weaving all those things together and i think that's something that's not documented enough about when you do group work in in a music and drama setting for example actually you will see what they're kind of like possibly in a job situation who are the natural leaders who sometimes you have to take away from each other because they're going to fall out with their best friend because two mm. natural leaders in one group makes it implode yeah. you know yeah. it's a very different skill I when I taught GCSE drama and performing arts at A level actually you have to be very careful with groupings and yeah. how, how they interact with each other and it's it's not talked about enough that it's never a singular grade sometimes it's on a group yeah. as well which and that is, is something that I have noticed in in your subject because I know a lot of us in our in all the other subjects we try to do teamwork it's something we're supposed to be doing but we're generating um an environment specifically for teamwork but you guys when they do their GCSEs they're not singular people they've got 
they've got mm-hmm. to make it work in order for the whole team to get yeah, it. And on yeah, I've I found that yes, yeah, I've I've um, when I've come across it because I've had some students in my tutor group, and um, I've been like, wow, I had no idea you all really had to pull together, not just because I've created this a work teamwork lesson. <laughs> Um, but this has real life consequences, not just school consequences. And it's for the kids as well. I know you say like for the teachers to figure out where they, you know, how to how to group the kids together. But also, although they may not realise it at the time, it's it's the kids and figuring out where they belong in a teamwork setting. So you'll probably figure out in school if you're doing team projects that you're like, OK, I am the natural leader of this. So then you take that into work and you know that when you go into a group setting and work, you sort of assume the role for yourself of maybe you're the background person that, that brings the the research or you're the person that helps mm. with the making and, and stuff like that. So it's definitely for the kids as well. I think that we're kids as well adapting and being able, to, being able to adapt to any given situation. And again, I hate to go back to COVID times and what we're dealing with mm. at the moment, but I mean, a lot of I'm sure a lot of your friends and colleagues and people I know in the UK uh, that work within the creative arts industries, whether they're backstage, front of house, technical, props makers, performers, actors, everyone over there is having to adapt to this situation. And most of them are finding ways to work and make a living, mm-hmm. still using all the skills that they've gained yes. and developed over the yeah. last however many years. And if that's not proof enough yeah. as to why creative subjects mm-hmm. are so and vital... especially in these times, you would turn to someone and they would go, I don't know how to do this, and they might, I don't know how to work from home. And the response that you probably get is, well, get creative. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> get creative. You become yeah. a yes person, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. Don't be finding the negative. What's the yes? How can we make the positive yeah. out of this? And I'm... 100% believe that what we teach is what they can absolutely even, <laughs> even yeah. on a practical level um like the royal opera house i think are doing something with a medical profession all about breathing yeah the and singing they were, project they were was, doing for was, the covid yeah there was yeah. a bbc kind of you know mini clip i, I mm-hmm. guess on social media that sort of stated so many people don't know how to breathe from those kind of muscles because yeah. they didn't learn that in school or they don't understand intercostal breathing and it's like that's just ingrained into you know singing and music and how you do that properly mm-hmm. and I was like yes we should be teaching children how to sing in primary schools well, that's, that's <laughs> no. like the use of arts in the in the most recent um, area of uh, how they've been working with dementia patients and they are now seeing practical results but they're also doing trials and things and it's not just that dementia patients enjoy or, or get a, um, a sense of self-esteem back from doing creative art or, or music or whatever but they're actually seeing their brains becoming more elastic they are seeing um, where it improves their thinking ability and and neuropsychiatric symptoms have been improved in some of the studies. I mean, I know they've got to look far more at it to to confirm it, but when you actually see it having an effect like that on a damaged brain, you think, oh, my God, why aren't we going? This must be so good for a healthy brain. And I've got a personal story that attests to that, just if you want it. But my my granddad um, (laughs) was at that stage of life where he was losing memory, couldn't remember a name, walked into the hospital, sort of recognised, you can see in his eyes, he Mm recognised me, couldn't speak a word in a sentence. My cousin and I had been, you know, in church his whole life, sang hymns his whole life. We went in, we asked permission, we sang two hymns, played and sang two hymns. And the whole ward, there were five of them on the ward, all started singing in harmony, knew all the words to the songs. Yeah, mm. yeah. And and literally, my granddad said to me, um, you know, hi, Jenna. Literally, he got finished singing two songs and he could remember who I was. Wow. 
and you know suddenly had compassentous yeah. moment mm. because he'd done like some singing and the nurses came in and cried they were like this is why music mm-hmm. is so important in hospitals and we were like oh my gosh we weren't expecting any of that reaction we just wanted to try and you know yeah give granddad an experience that he wasn't getting yeah. alone in hospital yeah mm. and it's an individual thing but that also reflects like what happened in italy last year in the first lockdown when they all came out into the streets and yeah. sang yes and there was yeah. a real sense of community from that so it can really do so many different different things and Interestingly, which leads on to my my next point, is that um, when it comes in education, when it comes to students starting to make more decisions, like when they're choosing their GCSEs, maths, English, science are compulsory subjects, but it is not compulsory at all to take any creative subject. Um, And then when it comes to A-level, although it's, I don't think it's been said officially, but the, the number of students taking these creative subjects noticeably drops and you often end up with sort of smaller classes than that of um, the ones taking science and stuff. So what is your opinion on this? Do you do you think it's linked to the fact that you're not being told to pick a creative subject? In, in inverted commas, you don't have to pick, you know, a specific one, but do you think it's linked? I think it's a general perception, even though I have to say, I think in our school we're really well supported. Mm. Um, but I think uh, there is a general opinion that art is um, maybe, I don't know about music, I can't speak for music, but that art is a lesser subject. And that uh, if you are, if you're hugely arty, if you're seen as hugely arty, then that makes it okay. Um, but for a lot of students who haven't come up through Key Stage 3 being hugely arty, their parents don't see it as an academic mm. enough subject. And it is, it's using the brain. How can it not be academic? Like, it's using the brain. So there we go. But uh, I just think that one of the things I've, I feel that's happened um, in art is the push at A-level for university Um just limiting the choices to what will get them in, into university. And I think we've seen a lot of students who maybe hadn't thought of art as um, a career, but who really enjoyed the subject, benefited from the subject, but they have come to us and said, I've got to make sure I've got I've got um, yeah. maths or English or mm-hmm. um, history, geography, um, and, and art has become a sidelined. I, mm. I think that's been... From my perspective, yes, we are supported, and I, I, I totally agree with that. <laughs> but we was uh, Miss Morangi before you came on. To this <laughs> <laughs> we have not been fully prepped, no. Um, but essentially, like students are almost shoe-hold into situations, and I say to them, pick something you enjoy and something that's going to spark your brain and something that you're going to be interested in because I was really lucky that that was my upbringing. Like, I did not get pigeonholed into something. Mm. I did not get told you're doing STEM subjects or you're doing this. Like, I was very much given the ability to choose and we were very lucky at school, weren't we, that we had an arts column and actually for us, they made music. We were able to take music and drama at GCSE, which we had to fight for. What did you guys go to? But for our year group, they made that a choice for us so that we could take both because there were about five or six of us, I think, that wanted to do both. Mm-hmm. And so instead of being option blocks that are just set in stone, mm-hmm. actually we need that flexibility because every year the group changes and there might be mm. students that want to do art and maths 
and chemistry and they might get told not to do art for example because like well that doesn't fit but actually for that child it might help them see something in maths and and i say there's like oh in... maths and art go so Absolutely. well together well, I, I they took are art and maths didn't i yeah at a level i took art maths and psychology and i thought the it they're natural bedfellows. Three. They're absolutely natural bedfellows. One feeds off the other. And, uh, you and know, I think that's yeah. something that mm. perhaps parents don't always understand. Perhaps it's not in the literature that we put out as educators. I think that's the biggest thing is the, the parental engagement. And, and it's hard, isn't it? Because we're living in such a fast-paced world. And the amount of time we get to spend with parents showing them what we do. I have the benefit now of, and lockdown's been great for this, mm. showing our parents what we do at the mm. arts hub, which I wouldn't have had in a school environment because you just can't do that. Mm. In your nine to three thirty day at school, during lockdown, I was running all my classes online, and quite often a lot of the parents were joining in, especially with the younger children. Yeah, teach everything yeah. from three right up to sixteen. So to get them onto Zoom and to get them engaged with the online classes, they had to be there. Yeah. And the mums and dads are joining in and have such a great understanding of what the skills are and what yeah. the children are gaining. And unfortunately, through no fault of anyone's, you know, they, they can't access that. That's immediate, wow, that's what they're getting from this. Right, I understand now why that would be beneficial for them. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's having the opportunity to get parents in the door and seeing a real-life experience of what... It and is children get from those lessons. We have obviously evenings where we do like the GCSE yeah. level option evenings. And I know the last few years I've said to parents, no, well, music goes really well with accountancy because you're spotting patterns mm-hmm. constantly. You are looking at patterns in music, but that can be linked to looking at patterns in numbers. Like there are so many jobs yeah. that can come from things yeah. that you have to think more broadly about. And mm-hmm. we are trying as an island, actually, education yes, to are, do yeah. more life skills, to not mm-hmm. just look at the six R's, for example, that primary schools we're now doing much more life skills and we're trying to embed that into children's thinking but Mm -hmm. to do that thinking they have to think outside of the box which they're not always in the right Mm-hmm. you know place to do that yet they yeah. they haven't seen outside of school they haven't always seen you know from covid they haven't seen the workplace which we've noticed mm-hmm. this year has made yeah a difference. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. so actually them seeing those skills in action hasn't always happened so it is yeah. tricky but it's also you know you do see in your class and this is something that i think parents don't necessarily see even if they can witness what we're teaching more um through the online provisions at home but it's that moment you know when the, the student who's never engaged in your lesson, who's messed around, talked, has kicked the pencil around the floor for the last half hour and washed his hands 27 times, nothing to do with COVID. Uh, Are you going to name drop at this point? No, definitely not. <laughs> going to name drop at this point. Um, but you see that child suddenly create been. something yeah, yeah. and you look and they look and you both go, Wow. I didn't know you could do that. And here they're going, well, I didn't know. And then you can see the sense of pride they have and mm. and all the quiet one right at the back who who has just really busied away. Those ones you you so in danger of missing because they never create any fuss, but they're not your, your big hitters in your subject. But then they suddenly do something. You can see from their shy smile that they're just looking at it thinking... Yeah, I yeah. did and like, good. And on to that. And that's so important yeah. for their self-esteem. I really feel that that's, you know, that I, I'm all for, I really do feel quite passionate that we are a, a, a workforce to be uh, valued and that's how we should be viewed in school, that we are as academic as every other subject because we can push you out into the workforce really well. But that self-esteem thing is so, so important mm-hmm. in, in a world that is very, very big. And linking to that, I don't know if Danny has the same experience in Arts Hub, but intrinsic motivation, like 
personally I don't think I would have survived secondary school without the intrinsic motivation of wanting to succeed in music mm. yes and I think that yeah, can be I lost think, yeah if you have a child who feels like they're not good at the maths and science areas but they're good at this one subject they will do better in everything because yeah. they had intrinsic motivation to succeed definitely and sometimes our subjects as the one point in their week where they actually create something unique for themselves mm. that they just don't get and this in other is the subjects thing, and yet still there is a stigma around the creative subjects that they are perceived as the easy option mm. yeah definitely um i think it will always that be one. that way though i do think that unfortunately i mean as a student at balakamine you know and going off to university and college and what have you it's always been in peaks and troughs and sometimes there's lots of value to be taken mm. from it and then suddenly it's the easy option again and i don't think we'll ever win the battle 100 percent. i think we'll always mm. be fighting for our subjects mm. but then bring it on because we can then we will yes. passionately yeah. and creatively yeah. do well, that thing, and this it's kind of been the attitude of how we've talked about the importance of it throughout this episode so far is that it's very much like once the kids do it like you were just saying like once the kids do it and their self-esteem is is boosted and, and their parents are going wow that's actually really amazing and it's the aftermath and they go oh actually <laughs> this is something really good so so what would you say if a, if a parent was coming to you and, and it was a, a GCSE options evening and a parent came to you and they thought I'm going to tell them to take this because I think it might give them a break from their maths and science <laughs> subjects. What would you say to them, Jenna? All right, so just to brief the listeners, we had a, a minor glitch, but we are back. I think we're creative people. Yeah, yeah. Adapt. Yeah, exactly. We can, we can work to this. I should say this is um, the first time I'm actually in the studio doing the podcast. So last time, if you listened to episode two, we made it as far as being in person. This time we've actually made it to the studio. So, um, and now we're going to go straight back into lockdown. So, uh, but Maybe. yeah, <laughs> minor glitch, but it's, it's, it's fine. So I was just saying, Jenny, you were about to tell us about um, if a parent comes to you and says, I'm going to get them to take music because it's the easy option. Um, how would you respond to them? Yeah, so I, if they said easy option, I think I would try and show them the breadth of kind of things that we do in a music GCSE or A level. Um, I do think it has merit. For example, we do mm. teach in small classes. So obviously that's more one-to-one attention, but I would sort of draw their attention to things like... Um, how much composition time it takes, how much performance mm-hmm. we're expecting to do outside of the classroom in terms of their own lessons, turning up to those, but also doing their own rehearsal time. So it's bigger than we expect. Um, and then things like taking the subject further, all the kind of life skills that that would involve and, and job prospects that that can come from. So we mentioned before. Yes. Hopefully. <laughs> um, the idea of, I know I've said to parents, but actually problem solving or if you can look at an orchestral score and spot a pattern, then you can look at numbers and figures and things like accountancy. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think I mentioned it before, but I've got a lot of friends who are surgeons and the dexterity that comes from playing an instrument. I used to play in a really high professional kind of wind orchestra where a lot of the people I played with were surgeons and doctors. And and they all, that was, yes, their hobby, but they also took it almost to an advanced professional level alongside doing those, what STEM subjects would require. And do you know, Um, it's funny because I I use the same thing. Like I I did maths and art at 
school and I feel like I bring my maths side of things into my art a lot in that I love things that have like a system and like a method yeah (laughs) and I was told when I used to say um like to my mum and my dad like I don't know what I want to do and they go what are you interested in I'd say maths and art and they'd go architecture that's you know and yeah exactly and I haven't um but it is like it marries up so well with with other subjects that you'd never think it would it would join on to and the idea of pick something you enjoy mm-hmm. so I know I've had students in the past where I've said to parents if they enjoy it and they have a natural passion for it and they want to study it why would you not want your child to study that subject mm-hmm. you yes know, you want your brain to be interested you yeah. know we've definitely seen and I'm sure Danny when you were at your schools like if a child is disinterested, they will not put the work in. There will be no intrinsic yeah. motivation. To yeah, you have to want to learn. You, like, yeah. If you're interested in something, I did psychology of music as part of my degree and mm-hmm. I would happily, if I ever could afford it, to go back and do more in psychology of music because it made my brain interested. I was interested about all of that. Mm-hmm. Why would you not want your child to do something they are interested in and passionate about and learn? You know, mm-hmm. learning isn't always doing something that's easy. Mm-hmm. Learning yeah. should be challenging your brain and, and doing something that you're interested in. And fun. Yeah. It should exactly. be fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's why they bring stuff like creativity into into your maths classes and your geography classes and they give you projects of get creative in order to learn the subject and it's sort of all applied. But for, for you guys and, and for some of your classes as well, Danielle, you have to take these kids in for an hour and you have to inspire them. You have to get them to make something. Like you said, you have to make them want to learn and that's a really tricky thing to do in in a space of an hour under an hour in your case so what how do you approach this how is it is it different than just being like no but don't you just love the subject like do you have to approach it differently when you know you've got that short amount of time well I think obviously as teachers we all have a a bag of tricks for uh, and routines for um calming kids down coming into your classroom getting ready um to listen and to focus. It's great at teacher stare. Just going to point that out. Oh, I, it's not just a teacher stare. <laughs> it's a, a mum stare. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so we all have we all have those things in our sort mm-hmm. of um, in our armour for for teaching. But I think when it comes to um, the creative arts in particular, if you are absolutely passionate, your enthusiasm and your joy in what you're doing helps and I think the physicality of our subject is absolutely a great way because just getting stuff out and going and getting it from different parts of the classroom it gets them moving in a way you want them moving and I assume it's the same with drama and music as well you're actually getting the kids to move when they want to move Mm -hmm. I mean they're wanting to jump up and down and chat to one another but you're saying get the pot from over there get the paint from over there get your paper out do this and you're sort of gradually it's like herding sheep you're making them think they're doing what they want to do but actually you're making them do what you want them to do and eventually you've narrowed the triangle right down to that point you take on the tips table. and tricks very literally then i do take tips <laughs> and tricks very literally and you're saying for for jenna that it's it's your personality that you think gets the kids on board I, I, the two things I picked up in all of the youth work I've done and teaching that I've done is music-wise being a musician in the classroom. So it was a joke on PGC that I had my flute everywhere I went because mm-hmm. I'm mainly a flautist. But actually I would do things on my flute. Like I'm not a natural piano player, however much <laughs> I would love that. Um, but 
actually, like, I could get my flute out and I could show them something. And the awe and wonder moment that you will have with kids, you might in yourself yes. think you've done horrifically yes. at showing them that thing. Oh, yeah. But yeah. they're like, oh, wow. And I'm like, that's what it's about. It's the awe and wonder moment. And being a musician in the classroom for me has always helped, whether it's singing or my attempt at piano playing or whether it's playing my flute. But then equally giving them real life things. So my drama teaching, um, I don't do as much now. But when I was doing Key Stage 3, I just try and get them to do real life things. So when it, you know, do a project on Matilda, but actually look at it, you know, what, are those parents being good parents? Okay, mm-hmm. so like life teaching kind of moments. Yeah. And I don't know if that comes in from my youth work background that you teach something, but have a real life thing, like film music in year nine, like hook them in with something they understand and then take them to the classical place. Yeah. Because you can't you can't hook a load of children in with classical necessarily. It's yeah. not part of their culture, it's not part of their remit, it's not something they've grown up with. But if you can hook them in, they'll sit there and watch the kind of LSO play a Batman theme because yes, they understand yeah, yeah, exactly, it. Yeah. But if you don't hook them in with something they relate to, you won't hook them in. Unless you've got that yeah. one child that might love you, but that's it. <laughs> Another thing that I think is um, is really good, because I was just listening to Jenna talk about playing your, your flute in front of them. And obviously... I do demonstrations with art all the time where I'm showing them what I want what I want them to do. And I think that, apart from the fact that that's a, a teaching skill, so you're actually showing them what you want them to do, from a personal point of view, I always let my groups know that I'm really making myself quite vulnerable doing something that they could laugh at because I'm, I'm doing it, I mean, just because I've done it for so long doesn't mean my drawing today is going to be a good drawing. (laughs) It could be an absolutely rubbish. I could draw the figure beautifully everywhere else, but in that three-minute section. Absolutely. And all the time I'm doing it, of course, every ounce of your your eyes, your brain, every your ears are listening to what they're all doing all around you because you're just like... Stop poking them. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> put that down. I'm still drawing. I think that the children love it when you put yourself in that vulnerable position. And I'm, I'm just going to say all of the things that you totally yeah. agree with, but I'm a big believer in making a fool out of yourself in front of children creatively. Yeah. Yes. One of my yes. biggest things, and it was a brilliant one, especially when I taught in school in London with some really challenging children that were quite intimidating at times, I make them sing the register. And to do that, I'd sing it at them and then it'd be, well, tough if I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to yeah. do it and I'll keep yeah. playing the piano and I'll keep singing, oh, Shane, oh, Shane, are you here? You know, and you keep yeah. going with that and he'd respond eventually just to shut me up. Yeah. And then suddenly, okay, she's going to sing at me if I don't engage with yeah. this. So. But isn't yeah. that such a fabulous But then they thing trust you then. Them. They do trust you. So you make builds... mistakes in front yeah. of them as well. Yeah. 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 So it is all about trust. That's a huge thing. Massively. But also, mm-hmm. what a life skill to say, look, just make it it's not that scary to make yourself and feel vulnerable because mm-hmm. you can move and on teaches from that. them that it's also like you said about making mistakes it teaches them that it's also all right to make mistakes yes you can't learn, learn without yeah i i love teaching pop music and every year i get all of them to go off and find me one that isn't too sex drugs rock and roll sweary um but go find one and i teach them how to do chords through that 
but I make myself vulnerable and I say, right, I'm going to pick one of the songs that you've chosen today and next week I'll play and sing it to you. Mm-hmm. And not the best pianist in the world <clears throat> at all. Mm-hmm. But I do it and every year it builds a level of trust with each group where they're like, well, if Miss can do it, then yeah. and I'll have a go. Yeah. And yeah. once you've got yeah. them having a go, then you can develop everything. But if they yeah. refuse point blank in the middle of their worst teenage hormone moments to do anything <laughs> for you yeah. or to do anything in front of their peers, yeah. I think that's the other thing that sometimes in other subjects they don't struggle against as much is that if they're going to perform in front of their peers how much trust we have to build within the room mm-hmm. but then do you happen. find as well that in the subjects that we teach we can facilitate I, I'm a big believer in anyone could achieve at all through our subjects so they might not want to sing they might want to play an instrument but they might be great at conducting or mm. providing a backing vocal yeah, or a bit so. of body percussion or, or prop making there's always or a role they <laughs> yeah. can always achieve well, is it's like the teamwork all the thing time. that we were saying before like everyone sort of finds their place and the minute you hook them in with that one thing then the next time they might have a go at doing mm. something else so yeah okay. and so on that note to sort of round off um the episode what advice would you give because it is coming up to the Easter holidays when this episode comes out and for parents looking to keep their kids making things or get or getting creative in whatever way works what advice would you give to them over the holidays for for how they can do this can i jump in straight away and say engage with everything on the isle of man because Mm -hmm. i mean we provide loads but my goodness me the wealth of opportunities so much free and not free you know and even if it's not being an instructor-led provision there's so much that they can get involved with creatively and i would just say take every opportunity um that they can get both physically but also online. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. Just about so that. I was going to say because, yeah. because so it might online. be locked down again. Yeah, like, is there loads. stuff? Well, yeah. look, if they go online um, and learn how to do a particular makeup mm-hmm. or hair that they can spend That's hours, great. Olivia, learning how <laughs> to do. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, or, you know, they, they go out to find a, a gaming solution because um, they're stuck on a particular level in, mm-hmm. in a game. Then just broaden your search. Look yeah. for um, art art stuff that's out there as well. Because once, because the internet, as we all know, the minute it knows you're looking at something, it gives you more of that. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much uh, online tutorials. And you think, oh, give that a go. Let's drag some string mm-hmm. in paint. Turn it into a rhinoceros. And it's think, just there. I think sometimes it's also letting the stu- uh, children have downtime. So I think I was most creative when I was at home and if we are in a lockdown situation by not necessarily bombarding children with everything all at once Mm -hmm. but going, well, we could do this or we could do this and and having downtime, you know, if if it was art, you know, going, well, should we do this and Mm -hmm. and have a go and and be involved in that process as well. You know, you can get really excited about going out to a whole day of Arts Hub, which is brilliant and absolutely do. But also, if you're at home and you've got raw materials, whether that's make an instrument if you're a primary school kind of age student or learn a keyboard tutorial off YouTube in a music capacity. Mm -hmm. But having that downtime is really, really important to be creative as well. Well, I I think think we we see it as downtime, don't we, Mum? Because we share a studio at home. Well, I use your studio at home. (laughs) Yeah, but we we always say that it's so nice to feel like you can escape into the studio and put music on or we watch our own Netflix shows or whatever and we sort of get on with it and you can sort of remove yourself from the world for a minute with your creative. You can absolutely get lost in the creative activity where you end up thinking only about that, don't you? Mm -hmm. So all the other things that are troubling you or stressing you um, switch off and... 
Yeah, yeah, like make it like doodling. Doesn't matter if you get it wrong. Absolutely. Like music can be like that if you're improvising on your instrument or picking a new piece of music. Okay, I can't do this right now, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. doodle away. Doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't stress that what you are doing has to be perfect, that Absolutely. it has to be of a certain quality. Just enjoy it because mm. you can't judge yourself the intrinsic value of the things you do. But as teachers, we can see that. But you yourself, just yeah. enjoy it. Just have Well, fun. it's a thing for the parents as well. Like you were saying, it helps for you guys as the teachers to put yourself in the position of doing a demonstration. So maybe for, for parents, if, if you're in lockdown or if you're in just Easter holidays. Just um, do it together. Yeah, just get involved with them maybe. It's, would you say that? that yeah, to teach you. Children yeah. love oh, teaching their parents so many things. Yeah. So many pa- like some of our kids go, oh, we, we're doing high school musical the arts at the moment. Most of my parents know the Wildcat dance routine inside out because their kids have gone home and taught them the dance routine. Oh, and they love it. And then that way you get to see the benefit I want and to experience. Learn that dance. There we go. <laughs> And be brave. Like, I think some of the parents I know are incredibly creative, but why don't you do a treasure hunt? Why don't you go around and find things in your local area if you're walking around the day before and then go, oh, should we do this now? Or go on a bear hunt if you've got a primary school aged child. Like, there's so much we can do on the island. Have a beach fire and and learn a song round the fire. Like, I wish I'd known we could have done that as kids. I didn't even know that since moving to the west kind of area and realising all the farm kids have parties in the barns and everything else. (laughs) You know, I was a townie. glad we've got you, Jenny, to tell them all now. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, there's loads of ideas. Fire on Niobe Beach and all sorts of things you can do. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I think we can wrap things up there for today. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on. Oh, it's really it. been a pleasure. Yeah, Mum's going to ask to come on all the future episodes now. Go <laughs> 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 host opportunity. Yes. Um, yeah, I really hope we've inspired some parents out there to get their kids creative. And also, if you're a parent who's not just got young children, but maybe young teens who are who are looking at what to do, they're approaching GCSEs and don't know what to do. That creative subjects can be a great outlet for them if they don't want to take it in school. There is Arts Hub and they can do things out of school. You know, there's so many different ways that they can get involved. Just like to say, if the 14 to 19 evening doesn't go ahead at QE2, you can listen to this and choose the creative arts. (laughs) Completely. Completely. Before Mum came on this episode, she was like, I'm so nervous, I'm not going to know what to say. No. Yeah. I've responded to the challenge. Yeah, you absolutely have still risen to it. Creative there we go. That's the thing. Once you get her talking. But yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you. A few words from us over at the Arts Council before I head off. Our COVID resilience funding is back for another round this lockdown. This funding will be made available on merit to anyone working or taking part in the creative industries, culture and arts communities on the Isle of Man to ensure these organisations and individuals are assisted during this difficult time. Don't forget, as always, if you're a creative individual and or organisation and want to get the word out about what you're up to, you can sign up to the artist directory on the Arts Council website. That's iomarts.com. And get yourself mentioned in our newsletter by contacting us via social media. Just search Isle of Man Arts Council on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or email us at iomartscouncil at gov.im. Once again, a big thank you to Vicky, Jenna and Danielle for joining me. And of course, to all our listeners out there. See you next episode.